1: At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
0: get
4: you taken care
0: of. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox
5: Back to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and tonight it seems, as always, for Champions League night, I am joined by Kevin McCluskey, our man in Budapest. How are you, Kevin?
4: I'm doing well, Paul. Thank you very much. I, I seem to drag myself out from under the woodwork for these big games, but uh,
5: someone's got to do it, right? Right, but you know another person who used to drag themselves at the woodwork for the big games was the same player that that jersey reminds me of. And your beard, I've got to say. Uh, George Samaras. he was a big game player. Um, are you going to be a big a... game player for us tonight, Kev?
4: I would like to hope so. That was a perfect and unscripted segue into mentioning George Samaras within one minute of a show. That's yeah. a record. Listen, I'll, I'll <laughs> mention I, the big I'm, man listen, as much I'm... as possible. Oh, definitely. You know, we could probably be doing with him up there tonight because he was the man for the big occasion, like you're saying, and uh, playing Madrid in the Bernabeu. It doesn't get much bigger than this, even if it's a kind of dead rubber sort of a game. It's still it's a massive dead rubber game because it's Madrid in the Bernabeu.
5: So, you know, I'm looking at let's this. So one of us can be the big man player. Absolutely. I mean, player. listen, we've not got a great record, you and I, as a duo on Axel <laughs> when it comes to match day, right? But um, I, I was looking at this this kind of dead rubber title and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how does Ange approach this, right? So we know every single pre-match he gets asked about motivation, etc. for domestic after the big games in Europe, etc. Um But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, right, if, if he's looking at certain players who may not, have performed the way that we know they can. That's going to be one thing that they will be looking at, right? So let's get the monkey off your back. So if you're looking at Kyogo, for example, Kevin, you're looking for a big performance this evening and maybe a bada. You're maybe looking at Maeda um, to uh, go back to that moment at Celtic Park that could have uh, you know completely changed the the whole campaign and rid himself of that. Uh, as well So I just think Small victories like that Are going to be huge He'll, he'll be looking at things Like Starfelt Coming back into the side um, Unusually He's going to have An opportunity to play On his favoured side Of the central Defensive partnership um, Someone can correct me If I'm wrong I think this is the first time Jens and Starfelt Have played together Would that be right? I was I was thinking that as well Did they maybe play Ross County? Or potentially we? potentially, In the start of the season but Is if, that when the big fellow scored? If it's not the first game, scored. Mm. That's
4: right. Yentz scored and Jackie Mackett scored his uh, nutmeg overhead kick.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: in the last minutes. So, I, but I think I think that's probably the only other time that those two have played together. Mm-hmm. So,
5: bit of a bit of a change of scenery from Dingwall to to, uh, to Madrid. Oh, aye, definitely. I mean, it's been one of those weeks where um, I've said this a few times. There's plenty of the Axon team over there. In the Bernabeu for um, tonight's game There's plenty more who don't have tickets But will certainly be there or thereabouts And you know Some of the the figures we've been looking at uh, Over the last few days In terms of the amount, the volume of Celtic supporters Who have gone out there um, Obviously there's going to be very many of them disappointed But already I've seen that Declan McConville Surprise, surprise Declan has made it into the stadium Kevin (laughs) Are you surprised that's at that? absolutely no surprise. Uh,
4: not at all. No, that's not a newsworthy story, Paul. It's The newsworthy story is if Declan doesn't get a ticket for a game. True. He's there
5: everywhere.
4: Yeah, uh, I know. I did, I did see as well that Colin managed to get himself into the B-team game as well beforehand, I think. So
5: every game, there's an axon presence. <laughs> Ax on presence. And JP um, will also be at the game. I was talking to JP Mason earlier on. This afternoon and he secured a ticket So I hope all the guys and girls enjoy it in the stadium We're going to be looking through the team in a wee bit more detail Paddy Burns, good evening Paul and Kevin What do we think the score will be? Right, okay, straight off the bat Paddy Let's get in with the predictions By the way, Laura will be joining us at some point uh, During tonight's coverage Probably at half time and full time Kevin McCluskey What is your prediction for tonight? Paddy came in early with that one
4: Aye, cheers Paddy for bringing that one up nice and early. Let's get this one out of the way. I don't know, this is one of those ones we deal with. The heart rule the head, or the head rule the heart. Uh, It's Real Madrid and the Bernabeu. We've got absolutely no right to go there and win this game. Uh, But you've got to go with some hope, haven't you? It's it's the typical game. If we could get the first goal, then you just never know what could happen. Um, Madrid will be favourites for it. I'll probably say it's going to be two one either way as a pre match and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nail anything to any, any mast at the moment to say who's winning it.
5: Okay, that's fair enough. So you reckon there will be a few goals in it? Um Sned's nineteen sixty seven has low no expectations. Ones, yes. <laughs> but we will see hopefully maybe put the chances away in Europe for a change. That's what it's come down to. We know all the stats, sixty eight opportunities, three goals. If we change that this evening then it'll be too little too late but it is about pride and as I say it's about all these small victories that Ange will be looking at in relation to the team the individuals and how we can maybe even look at next year I had a chat this morning in relation to this game Kevin and the question um, that was asked was around the patience shown, I guess this is maybe from the outside looking in, the patience shown by Celtic fans in relation to Celtic in Europe this season and in particular uh, towards Ange poster so I, w- I was having a think about that and I thought to myself, would we have had the same patience with Neil Lennon or Brendan Rodgers? I think we did with Brendan Rodgers, didn't we? I think, you know, after a couple of campaigns, things weren't improving but because we were so good at home there, w- there was a fair bit of patience with Brendan Rodgers. Neil Lennon you know, when you look at his, his second spell at the club our European performances were mixed there were a few memorable ones um, but it's about progression and I think that what you can see with Ange and what he says after the games um, makes sense in respect of where this team is where it can go and he's got the buy-in of his fans this is the big thing there's a relationship there he's got the buy-in um, is that unfair on previous managers or is it really down to the strength of Ange and that relationship that he's built with us Celtic fans? I think the
4: the patience that we've shown to Andrew to this team this season is something that's completely deserved and, and he's he's gonna he's earned that. Uh if you go back to somebody like Neil Lennon, especially even in his first spell at the club, Lennon came in as a club legend at that point. He'd previously been the captain, he's uh you know, a died in the will Celtic man. He's gonna get a little bit of time, I think, because of everything that he was coming into that first spell in charge. mm mm-hmm. And you're moving on to someone like Rodgers that you mentioned. He's the big name. Uh, he's talking the big talk that he's going to be at the club for the long term. He's winning everything domestically. That, of course, buys you that bit of time because you're buying into a long-term vision that you think he's trying to sell you. Mm-hmm. And instead, he's selling you down the river and he leaves after two and a half seasons. So, I'm just kind of come in with none of that background in a sense. And he said to earn everything that he's got. And he's came in at, you know, an immensely difficult time in the club's history because mm-hmm. you've just lost 10 in a row you've had that whole squad that was built up completely decimated by players that have been sold, those that are still there, alone, confidence we've spoken about this almost every week, we were going into the game against Mitchelland with Dane Murray, 16 or 17 years of age, as your number one centre-back, <laughs> now that's just something that should never have been the case but slowly but surely uh, his results have improved pretty much game by game to the point where you now definitely do see improvements. And you do think Ange seems to be a different character to Brendan. He's not going to leave us at any time soon. So there is a long-term plan and project in place here. You just can't help but think, if he gets the players he wants in January, if he gets the players he wants in the summer, we come back a, a much stronger side than this one. Um, so I think that's where he does get the patience from because you can see that there's, there's the improvements coming. And then next season, I think expectation will be higher and possibly patience will be lower. But that's what Ange wants hmm. because that'll be the test of his ability to get more out of what he's got.
5: You know, I, I think that's fair um, to suggest that. And also think that when you look at Angie's time at Celtic, Kevin, and you look at the progression, even in the transfer windows. So, for example, he comes in, he's firefighting. He's putting out fires, he's firefighting. Um, and he just needs to bring a team together, knowing that some big players are going uh, to leave. And he's trying to fix it before he can build it, if you know what I mean. And then in January, when he brings in um, three Japanese imports and Matt O'Reilly, he gives us enough to take us to the, the league title at that stage. Uh, we were good enough to win a cup first half of the season. Second half of the season we had that squad. So he starts to build the squad a bit. The team I think the team, first two transfer windows was about building the starting lineup. And the third transfer window just there was about the squad. So he starts building the squad a bit more. So he brings in Burnaby, brings in Seagrist, you know, we've got Jens coming in there um as well. And I'm not saying the squad players as such but the squad is much stronger now um, and there's more depth you move into January and it's at that point that it's going to be interesting again because at that stage we don't have European football to look at uh, the consideration of keeping all your top players is always going to be there there's going to be other teams interested in some of our top talents and we'll talk about some of that um, but I think window on window we have improved and that is a big part of it you know with previous managers, even in Brendan Rodgers' second season, you're looking at some of the transfer windows and thinking, did we strengthen? Did we come out of that transfer window stronger? You know, we won the Invincible treble. Have a look at the transfers we made the following season. Um, Did we really strengthen it in terms of European? I don't think so. But every time Ange has gone into the transfer market, we have strengthened the team first and foremost and then the squad. And I think that this January transfer already is looking like we're doing that. We're already looking to strengthen um, at the back, and uh, I'm guessing that there'll be a few other additions as well. Kevin, we're going to run through the team. There's a there's a comment coming in that we are going to speak about. Uh, came in from Magnet, but once we get to Kyogo, we can discuss this. Ridiculous or nothing to lose. Um, let's go and express ourselves. There is a bit of that as well, and I think that with some of the players who there's been this talk about anxiety. Um, as well Kevin tonight shouldn't be about that yeah you're playing at the burnabout. the majority of the fans in the stadium are going to be home fans but we can't get through we can't do any of that kind of stuff therefore there is an element that will allow you to express yourself is that going to work and, um, to the advantage of a player like Abada perhaps who hasn't been at his best in this tournament or Kyogo
4: yeah so This is, uh, strangely, probably the second best opportunity you've got going to the Burnabout to get a result in these kind of games. The best one is if you're already through. We're out. Either way, you have nothing to play for, in a sense. And we don't have anything to play for. We don't have anything to lose in this game. So I think it, it can take a bit of weight off the shoulders of the players. Obviously, you know, as you say, you're going into this fairly intimidating atmosphere there's going to be a big crowd there, but we're used to playing in front of big crowds. We're used to going to Ibrox and, and playing a hostile away game. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, it shouldn't be that new to some of the players. And I don't think the Bernabeu will be sold out tonight. So there's always that as well. But yeah, th- this is this is exactly the type of game where you can put a feather in your cap in a sense and say, look back at the history books in a, a few years' time and go, I scored the goal at the Bernabeu. I was in a Celtic team that won a game against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. doesn't matter if it was a dead rubber game. No game at Celtic is technically a dead rubber game. There's always something to play for. There's personal battles. There's mm. wrongs to be put right from a previous game. There's a place and the side to be won for the next match. So yeah, if you want, this is a game to go there, as you say, zero pressure, maybe not zero pressure, but you know, limited pressure on you. Go out, try and express yourself and play your game. And we know that they're going to try and do that anyway. You know, Ange isn't going to sit back, regardless of who we're playing. So they will go out, and I think they will have a, a, a bit of freedom to play the regular game. And you've just got to hope then that it does pay off and that someone like Abada gets in,
5: gets his chance, and takes it this time. Absolutely. And I think it makes a massive difference. Um, If we are able to look ahead to next season's campaign, obviously we need to qualify for the tournament. I get that. not counting my chickens, Kevin, but I think we're well-placed for that. And if you want to look at this campaign, these six games, as being part of that learning process to galvanise the individuals and the team and move on to next season where those stresses and anxieties that have been mentioned by Ange and Matt O'Reilly are... are diminished. And I think that in order to do that, we're looking for big performances from a couple of these guys tonight. There's a few good points to, to talk about before we actually get to the start of loving. So I'm going to bring up Magnet67's point. You are watching us, Magnet, with a very impressive catch on your avatar. You're watching us on YouTube. If anyone out there is watching us on YouTube and you haven't yet subscribed, then click the subscribe button You get daily content from Axom and A State of Mind. Um, And we're almost at 19.8. I think we've only got eight or nine to go before we hit 19.8 thousand subscribers this evening. And it would be nice to do that during the Real Madrid game. If you want to support the channel in other ways, you can buy some merchandise for Christmas like that shamrock top behind me. And it's been expertly modelled on a number of occasions by Kevin McCluskey um, at various grounds all over Europe. Indeed, I can vouch for its quality.
4: It's a high quality item that keeps you warm in the the cold of Budapest
5: in the winter. So if it's a working We've got an old shopping <laughs> channel here on Axel. Just... <laughs> Let's get UVC sales pitch for the night Absolutely uh, Magnet hopes that Kyogo gets a goal To show the Japanese manager what mistake he's made Let's have a wee chat about that then Because uh, obviously that, that was uh, one of the big talking points On a, a previous Axon Bulletin this week um, And I was thinking about it in a number of different ways I was thinking right How does it affect the players individually Hatate and uh, Kyogo um, Obviously you've got to look at how it affects Maeda to be picked and obviously to have that to look forward to, to play uh, on the world stage as well. What does it say about the quality of the Japanese squad? Um, does it benefit Celtic, the fact that two of our first team players are not travelling to the World Cup? Um, what kind of benefits, uh, what's the pros and cons in your mind, Kevin, of the uh, the two players being omitted from the Japanese squad for the World Cup?
4: Yes, yeah, I do. I look at this as a very selfish point of view and think it's great news for us. Because it's it's two of our key players that are not yeah. going to be involved in the World Cup. They're going to get that extra month off. Uh, it's something which they didn't get this time last season when they were just finishing the Japanese season, uh, or certainly in Atati's case, in finishing the Japanese season and moving out straight away straight into the action with us. So I think kind of selfishly, it's a good thing for us. They'll they'll be fitter, fresher, stronger come the second half of the season. We can only benefit from it. But from the players' point of view, I mean, so first of all, I think from the the Japanese squads, they must have a very, very good squad if they can afford to leave players like Kyogo and Hatati out, because I imagine they would walk into most squads that are going to that World Cup out with maybe your top five or six, the very, very good players. You'd have them as a squad player at least in, in most of the squads there. So I'm very surprised that they're not there. Um, mentally, for the players, it might be a bit damaging in a sense because I imagine again they'll have been building themselves up to go and play at a World Cup finals. It's the pinnacle of their career mm. for Kyogo, especially. He's maybe got one more World Cup realistically that he could aim for, unless he does a Nakamura. Unless he does a Nakamura or is it was a Kazimura, the boy that played till he was fifty-five or something like that. So maybe it's this scary. Japanese longevity thing will kick in and he'll, he'll make it and three World Cups time, who knows. But yeah, it's, it's bound to be a, a bit of a kick in the, kick in the teeth for, for want of another expression. Um, but, but but they've got to go out then and be like, I'm a, a professional footballer, I want to prove the manager wrong. Correct. And what better stage? <laughs> and they will, will labour on it at times than going out into the bin about the biggest football stadium and kind of world football, most mm. famous, whatever, and scoring a goal. And it doesn't matter if it's not a winning goal or if it's a consolation goal. For him to have that, it's it's an immediate two fingers up to the manager and telling him that he's made the wrong choice by leaving him out. And Hatati's another player that can go there and try and boss a midfield against Tony Cruz, Valverde, Luka Modric. If he can put in a performance that's near their kind of level, then again, that just shows either Japan's got immense quality in the midfield or the manager's made a mistake.
5: Yeah. And and you know the thing, we're playing a team of supreme quality. They've won five Champions League leagues in the last ten years. Undoubtedly the most successful football club in world football. I'd love anyone to come in and suggest otherwise. I mean who would, right? Yes. So if you, you score you can't, you can't argue against that start, you just can't. If you score against this team, Tonight at the Bernabeu, these th- that, that footage, um, those moments will reverberate around European and global football. Right, so you're spot on. But I, I was looking at the the, um, the squad that was picked, Kevin, and I know.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.
1: Not just a media company, iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: I'm not saying this is specifically for the fixtures, but there are 10 players in the squad who are either playing their football in Germany or in Spain, which is obviously two of the fixtures that Japan have as well. You're then looking at the fact that I don't think it's um, turning your nose up at Scottish football, otherwise Maeda wouldn't be one of only three strikers you know, selected for the Japan squad. So I don't think that's an issue. Um, there was there was comments around the, the fitness aspect as well um, and playing within the conditions. Not quite sure how you come to that. Um, conclusion with Kyogo, certainly, uh, one of the fittest players I've ever seen in a Celtic jersey. Um, but you're looking at me and you think, you know, if any of the three players needed a boost out of that, Um, announcement, Mm -hmm. it was probably Maeda Uh, I know Kyogo's form has dipped a wee bit Kevin But so I'm trying to take the positive and I'm thinking well Maeda I'll get a boost from that I also go back to the point uh, that's been made time and time again by Liam Carrigan our our friend who appears from Celtic down under on a regular basis and he's a massive fan of Maeda um, to the point where he rates him more highly than Kyogo and I don't at this moment in time but I'm basing it on what I've seen in terms of the Celtic performances, Liam has watched both players for several seasons before they've come to Scotland. Um, so again, is that the perception in Japan that Maeda is the star player of the the exports to Scotland? It sounds as though it could be. Then you start looking at the squad, the strength of that squad, if you can afford to leave out a player like Kyogo, a player like Hatate. And I know that Um, our centre-half target isn't in the squad. But I'm talking about the the strength and the quality of Japanese footballers. We've seen that uh, with at least three of our players. Um, And Yuki Kobayashi has been linked. Some reports would suggest that it's a done deal. uh, Centre-half in January. Again, quite an inexpensive uh, signing, Kevin. So um, if the squad and, and the standard of Japanese football is such that you know, we can bring players in from that league and, and probably be more confident this time round than we were when we signed Kyogo because that was our naivety or, or snobbery that, you know, we're, we're buying from a substandard league. How wrong were, were we? How long was anybody that thought that? Um, so I'm trying to take as many positives from that uh, as possible. And I think that when you look at the um, the performances of Hattati in Europe this season... Um, I think we've seen two sides of him. We've seen some particularly good performances. You know, The game against Real Madrid was one of his best at Celtic Park. And we've seen a few where he's not quite been on it, um, on his game. And you think tonight, as you said, what better way to go out and prove uh, the gaffer wrong by going out and putting in a a man-of-the-match performance. So Hatate, Maeda and Kyogo all start for Celtic tonight. But what it does mean is it means players like... Jakimakis, Haksabanovic, and Jota are sitting on the bench. Were you surprised at any of those? Was it too early for Jota? Haksabanovic has played recently. Were you surprised he was maybe left out? Um, Jakimakis is the one that surprises me more
4: because I can. Uh, I liked. I think when he came on in every game he's played so far in the Champions, like he's been that different option. That's, uh, you know he's a he's forward that puts himself about and he causes mischief. And I think he's on good form at the moment. It's a bit unfair, perhaps, to take him out of the team. Uh, I, think he has, I think he's actually deserving of a run in the team. Like Five, six games has been the number one striker, just to see what he does, because his goals mm. to game, his goals per minute ratio for us is phenomenal. And he'd got the Champions League goal last time out as well. So he's proven himself now. And it doesn't matter if, only, if he doesn't score another Champions League goal. He doesn't have it on his CV. He's a Champions League goal scorer. And he's got the chance to go out and do it again tonight. Or would have if I was picking the team, put it that way. Um, so I was more surprised at him. I get that there's been a few comments I see maybe coming in a bit surprised about Abada and Maeda. Yeah. Both starting. Yeah, that is that is one. Because they don't seem to... Uh, Complement each other, or, or although they're playing the, the flanks, they, they don't seem to be both have a good game at the same time. You know, it's it's one or the other. Mm. So again, that might be a be something. But I, you've got to go back and think. Ange knows what he's doing. He's given Abada the chance maybe to go out and right or wrong from the first game. I think Maeda plays most weeks when he's fit because he really fits the Ange system, and probably that's why he's gone with Japan because he fits the Japanese system mm-hmm. better than Kyogo perhaps. They might only want to play with that one center forward and they've got two that they think are better than kyogo and maeda is third that does does the donkey work does all the hard work uh which is why i would play him every week because he unsettles defenses with the the high pressing uh so yeah i think maybe the forward line you could you could ask a few questions but you know it almost doesn't matter who we play up front against real Madrid in this game they're going to, whoever it is, is going to have to work the socks off whenever they get the chance. They're going to have to be more clinical than they have been in the other games. And if it's not working, it's really not a, a hardship from a Celtic point of view in a way to look at it and go, uh, you've got Jackie Makis, Haxabanovich, James Forrest that could all come on and, and potentially do something and change the forward line. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a squad game. He's probably got an eye on the weekend as well and he's got an eye on looking at this is it, the team for the first hour and we'll change it around for the the final 30. Let's just not hope for the best, but let's hope the plan, whatever the plan is,
5: works. And that 2-1 that I'm predicting is 2-1 for Celtic, and not the other way round. Oh, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. James Kerr, strong Real team tonight, but fingers crossed a good performance from the boys. It gives a couple of goals to cheer about. Well, you know what, we'll run through the teams. all we ask. That, that is all we ask. We'll run through the teams, Kevin, before um, we get on to any of the other points that have been made. Some excellent points coming in from the viewers. And this is the Celtic team first, um, if you haven't already seen it. Heart and goals. Captains aside in the absence of McGregor and Carter Vickers. You've got Juranovic on the right-hand side of the fence, still interest in him, apparently um, there will be further interest in him come the January transfer window, according to Stephen McGowan, who is a good source of Celtic information Uh, left back Taylor, I called him earlier this week, the most improved player under Ange Postacoglu, he starts in the Bernabeu, superb you've got Jens and Starfelt Um, there's a few comments coming in talking about the fact Starfelt will be playing in his natural position, uh, right side of defence. So um, hopefully he will put in a commanding performance. A few others are concerned that he's getting thrown in, but I would need to ask, what are your options at that stage? I can see Welsh is on the bench. Uh, would you rather Welsh came in rather than Starfelt? The other option, I think, might have been uh, Abilgard, Gard, who I think can play centre half, but it's not his preferred. It would be a bit of a near on scenario there. Um, Matt O'Reilly, mm-hmm. Hatate and Moy making up the uh, central three with Abada, Maeda, and Kyogo up top. I, I love it sometimes when um, players have got something to prove, and I look in that particular lineup, and there's a few players, short and long term. Hart, I think Joe Hart has got something to prove and is continuing to prove people wrong by playing at this level. Uh, you've got People like Taylor, who had probably had a lot, a lot to prove to some Celtic fans uh, over a period of time, and then you have players like Moy, who was written off when he came to Celtic. He's got a bit to prove. Hatate and Kyogo have got a lot to prove to the Japanese manager, and as you say, Abada and Maeda might have a lot to prove for a couple of chances they missed earlier. In this campaign, Kevin So, you know, it can motivate players that If they do have something to prove And they need to go out there And as you said earlier on Flick the two fingers up at someone Uh, John Sweeney, Starfelt not played in months What could go wrong? We really need to bolster the defensive positions In January It looks as though we're already doing that Um, Do you have any concerns about throwing him in? I mean, it's some test, isn't it? Listen, it
4: is It's a massive test for him I'd obviously prefer it to be Carter Vickers that's going out in this game. But if Starfelt's fit enough to play, then, you know, as long as he's match fit, I have less doubts about him. And he's playing in his favoured side as well, in the right-hand side, which should calm him down a bit, should make him a bit more steady. We know, actually, that he's a very comfortable and good defender anyway. He had a rocky first month or so when he joined, but since then, he've developed the partnership with Carter Vickers that became kind of a rock at the back, the mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your only doubt with him coming back, and I'd only doubt for me, is whether he's fit enough. Um, and he's going to be up against you know, the likes of we've got here, Asensio, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr. There's a lot of pace about that front line from them. So that's your concern. But, and it's no disrespect to Stephen Welsh, but I'd rather have Starfitland than Stephen Welsh for this game. I think he's got more experience to have played either in European football or on the continent, which would be massive for a game like this. Welsh is still a young lad, he's learning his trade. I feel like this is maybe a game too soon for mm. him to be throwing him in and putting the pressure on him. Uh so for me, Stafford's the right choice. And Jens has been pretty solid this season as well. So again, I don't have too too many uh too many worries at the moment. I just know that they're up against three of the best strikers in the world. So you know, they're going to have a tough game. Whoever's at the back for us is going to have a tough game. Um, but if they stick to their tasks, as they did at Celtic Park for the first 55 minutes, then
5: you, you just never know. You never know. If we have a lucky night. We've been saying we it was. all season, you and I, Kevin. And you know what? We're due one, Paul. We're We're a result in the Bernabeu. I've been saying it. 42 years we've been due a result. John, the van driving legend. Hi, fellow Pfeiffer. Um, here, yep. Mon the Hoops. I hope you enjoy the game. Uh, big Celtic contingent in Fife, some rich history between Celtic and Fife as well. Um, I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll be aware of. Nihilus Jack, Maeda tracking back, probably best option to begin the match. At least Hacksaw, yep. an impact sub 60 minutes along with probably four others. Well, I think he does have it in him to make an impact, Tak I have been impressed. He's spoken about not being quite there yet, Kevin. He still looks upon um, himself as a, a bit of a new player. He's still trying to find his feet. He's not as fit as he would like to be. But I do think he's got something about him. He's shown enough. And if you put him into a game like this, who knows, it could be uh, a game that's uh, you know tailor-made for him. Listen... We're about to kick off. We'll be back at half time. Kevin and I are ever the optimists. We are looking for at least a draw by half time. Uh, come and join us on a Celtic state of mind. Thanks everybody for getting involved. Thank you, Kevin Mccluskey, for joining us all the way from Budapest on a Celtic state of mind. Okay, so cheers, Paul. Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes tonight. I am joined by the Dream Team, Laura Bradburn, Kevin McCluskey. Laura, are you going to bring us a wee bit of luck? Kevin and I are having a horrible run in the Champions League so far.
2: Do you know, I was um, driving home from work and I just uh, switched the radio on and thought, right, I'll get caught up on what's happened before I get home. And it was two penalties to Real Madrid and I was like, what? what has gone on here? And by the time I get in, it was just, I was watching the last 15 minutes of the first half thinking, this has been chaos. I don't know what it was like for the first half hour, but it just looks a bit chaotic to me. I'm not sure.
5: Well, IH Decorating comes in to actually say that the entire campaign, in a nutshell, in... But the same old story. Before the the game, I don't know if you had a chance to l- listen to the, the pre-match, Laura, on your way home from work. Uh, Kevin... Predicted two one, but you were obviously talking about penalties conceded. Uh, Kevin McCluskey, is it the same old story? Are we going to learn anything from this campaign? So it does seem a little bit like it's the
4: same old story, doesn't it? You no, know, uh, <laughs> was we saying that to my to my wife, my long suffering wife has to put up with me watching these games at the moment, and I'm telling her, you know, we're two nothing down; it's two penalties. Uh, take them away. We could still have been 2 nothing down because of the chances they've created. Yeah, But we've created chances here as well.
5: Mm-hmm. I mean, this
4: could easily be 4-5-2, something like that at the moment. Because, you know, you've got that one where uh, Maeda gets in behind, slips it across, Kyogo slides in, if he lets that run, Abada's got that one. And you think that's a big chance that's gone. And we've had another couple of chances at that. and mm. They've been dangerous as well. So it's, it's probably, yeah, uh, this is our whole Champions League condensed into 45 minutes of so close but yet so far and ultimately we're going to get a scalping at the end of this one, unfortunately.
5: On listen, going like Kevin, come on. We've never fallen into that that void um, throughout this whole campaign. I'm going to bring in a few of these comments here, right, because we've got Ryan Geddes coming in. Um, what could have been a great competitive spectacle ruined after 20 minutes? Football is my true passion. But after tonight, I'm considered giving it up for as long as VAR plays such a prominent role. You do feel a wee bit aggrieved at times. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the second penalty in particular. I'll come to yourself first, Laura, where I'm just simply asking myself, what on earth can Matt O'Reilly do to prevent that? You know, when the ball is is, um, fired in at him at such a pace, what can he do? Because, you know, the, the body movement, listen, Jens is a wee bit different, but his body movement would suggest that he's... Going to you know fall flat in his face unless his arm moves in front of him. So there's an argument there as well. But in particular the O'Reilly one. Um, so it's been you know it's been deemed uh, a penalty, and I think it was the harshest decision of that first half. Uh, Ryan's had enough. He's thrown in a towel until VAR does one. But VAR's probably here to stay, I think, because uh, of the money and everything else, the technology, the, the finance, everything that's been invested in it. But you do feel a bit harsh or hard done by rather when. You see a decision like that going against Matt O'Reilly, don't you? I
2: think it. I think it was the same thing when we got our penalty at the weekend. It's it's actually having this kind of unintended effect of creating questions around the rules that they're trying to enforce. Like, it, fair enough, Far picks up a handball, but then there's the the whole thing of what is the actual handball r- rule? Is are people up to date with what the rule is? Is it hand-to-ball, all that kind of thing? Is it to do with intent? Personally, I feel a little bit like they should just, to to get rid of all the questions about it, they should do the same as what they do in basketball when it hits a player's foot. There's no question about intent or gaining advantage or that. If it hits your hand, it hits your hand and it's a handball. Now, a lot of people will say, well, folk will just try and drill it at your hand. But, I mean, that. Is that any worse than the current situation we find ourselves in? Because it's still open to interpretation. And like you say, in the Matt O'Reilly situation tonight, he can't really do anything, but by the letter of the law, I suppose it is a handball. It's like, I I don't know what what side of the fence you have to fall on to to decide whether it's fair or not.
5: Mm. I mean, what what was your take on it, uh, Kevin? I'm going to bring in a few more comments because there's a lot of, I I must admit, there's a lot of doom and gloom in some of these comments coming through. Uh, You do try your best to to pull out as many positives as possible. I thought that when we win our own penalty, uh, Juranovic, you know, you, you would you would back him to score and pull us back into the game. But actually, when you look at the penalty, it, it, he's made it too easy for the keeper to save. It's a, it's a decent height for the goalie to save it. Um, what positive can we take? Well, we've seen a badder skinning the left-back and winning the penalty. And, and by the way, before that, I didn't think a badder was in the game. I thought that was on coming into the game at that point. What other positives would you take from that first half, Kevin? Uh, First of all, with the O'Reilly penalty.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details
1: as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to
4: iheartresults.com for more I think it's a very harsh call. And I think it's one of those ones, like right, Laura's kind of spot on about it. It's how do you interpret the rule now? Because I think there's been so many interpretations and variations over over the years that the three of us will probably give you three different views on what it is. But it's it's for me, it's how close the striker is to O'Reilly when he hits the shot. His arm, I don't know, is it in an unnatural position, but I think he's trying to turn his body. So his arm has to move with his body.
2: Even that phrase so... makes me laugh. As long as it's attached to your body, your arm's Aye, in a natural
4: position. So I'm just not sure where else he was meant to have his arm at that time, unless he's got it tied behind his back. So I think it's a very harsh one. Uh, for our penalty, and it is probably one of those things that gives you hope. It gave you hope at the time that we could find a way back into the game um, mm-hmm. because we've done it a few times that we've managed it. I think with I said so just to go to him, Hatati's been excellent today going forward at least. He's made a few really good through forward passes. He's, he set the one up um, when Maeda's put it across for Kyogre that I spoke about earlier. So said a few other decent you kind know, of probing passes, a couple of shots. There's been moments it's given you confidence, it thinks, you know, we're not completely out of this yet. Um, and the penalty was definitely won. It's the first time O'Reilly, not O'Reilly, Abada got the better of Mendy. And you think, again, that's just a confidence-boosted moment for him, even if nothing comes of it in the end. Mm. He's got the beating of his man and he knows he can do it now. And Joranovic, you just think, you know, he's the one man, the cool head. If you if you watch the Rodrigo when he's about to hit his, I think he looks quite nervous and you think mm. it, maybe just maybe Hart can pull this one off. You look at Yanovich and you just look completely confident. And there's not a thought that he's missing it.
5: No.
4: And when you watch it back, it's actually a pretty poor penalty because it's nowhere near far enough into the corner. And it's just at that perfect height for a keeper to get. It's everything that of you know, could have went wrong with it, did. But those those moments that you know, you've got to strip them all down and take everything at an individual moment in the game and go, mm. we've still created chances. We're 2 nothing down, but we've still created chances. I've jokingly said there that we could get a scalping, but at the same time, let's be confident and go, if we finally manage to put one of those chances in the back of the net in the first five, ten minutes of the half, who knows? You know, who knows? There's bound to be something in that that says we could come back and get a 2 all out of this.
5: Kevin, that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. I mean, we've been giving it that throughout this Champions League campaign. Christopher Patterson. That's
2: getting clipped up, Kevin, by the way, at full time. Oh, absolutely. I don't care. (laughs) i
5: will become a meme. I don't really
4: care. (laughs) There's so many moments between me and Paul in this campaign that could be memed up. Uh, That's probably the least of them. (laughs)
5: You're right. We recently um, said farewell to a couple of the contributors, and and my suggestion uh, prior to us, obviously, now looking for a new videographer, was that we would have a Best Bits uh, Big Brother style, Laura, where Amy Canavan's Best Bits and Tony Hargitie's Best Bits uh, would be compiled. Um, And I think you could probably compile quite a few for for both of those two, Uh, but Kevin and I, I'm pretty sure in this campaign, there's a few uh, that could be put together. Christopher, between naive defending, missing penalty and not taking the other chances, it's no wonder we are out of Europe. What exactly have we learned in Europe this season? Well, what we have um, heard time and time again from Ange is how that he's going to stick to these principles, Laura. And trying to understand that um, from my perspective is that if we're going to learn anything, we need to do it on our terms. And I think that when you watch how Celtic have approached this game in the first half, he, that we've stuck to our principles, we've, we've not changed their game plan um, and as Kevin says we have managed to breach their back line a few times there's been a few chances their keeper has had a busy first half I, I remember three saves at least that he's made um, and you know by the end of the game even if it is let's say 3 or 4 nil, if we have approached it in the way that Ange is going to continue to play surely there is some learning from that and now how much do you get learn? Uh, how much do you learn from a, a four nothing scalping? I don't know, but um, I, I think that what's important is we do stick to Angie's plan. It's not one of these rigid plans that isn't working as such. I mentioned Brendan Rogers earlier on today, and I spoke about how it was pretty obvious that we were going to get picked apart by better sides. Um, yeah, we're two nothing down at half time, but I don't get the feeling that we're being embarrassed at this moment in time. What's your take yeah. on that? What are we going to learn?
2: Yeah, well it's funny because the the commentator said something to that effect about the first half and my response was like, how much can you learn from conceding two penalties? Like I don't, I think of all the games so far um, in the Champions League, this half is probably the one you could learn the least from. I might be wrong in that sense and somebody can, can say any lessons they think we've learned but that's certainly my opinion on it. As far as the second half goes... Ange has said all along that he wants to play his own way, he wants to to win matches, he wants to do all that kind of stuff. The only positive to take out the current situation is we've got no less to lose for this second half than we had at any other point in the, the, the group stage. We're not defending a Europa League place, we're not um, in a situation where we're going to end up with the worst record in the history of the Champions League group stage, we're not in a situation where... There's anything to be defended or or guarded against. We're totally free in this second half to say, right, no matter what happened before, let's give a good account of ourselves in the second half. And I I hope that's the message that's getting portrayed to the players for the second half, is you've still got 45 minutes to play at the Bernabeu. You've still got a chance to put a show on. And anybody looking from the outside will say, two penalties conceded against Real Madrid is awfully unfortunate, but they did well in the second half. And that's how I hope it finishes.
5: Yeah. I well I hope it finishes two each. No. Um when you're looking if at I, the if I, if I if I can if I can jump in on that one.
4: You know, one lesson we have learned from that first half is uh, is that we can be brave in Madrid. Because we've gone out at times and behind the ball we're going four five one and we're getting bodies back. But when we're going forward, if you notice you've got Hatati becoming a second striker, with the two wingers being wingers, we're playing with four up front at times, and you've maybe got O'Reilly or Moy trying to get in there as well, we're actually going and playing 4-5 up front at times in Madrid. Mm. So there's a lesson that we've learned actually, is that we're good enough to to play that brave style. We're not solid enough at the back that we can cope when the transition's there, and we're playing against phenomenal players who can just Mm. pick you apart. So we're maybe not good enough there, but going forward, we're actually brave enough to play our style, and if we just... Add those one or two little players that we need. This time next season, you know, you could be looking at a, a, a different kind of last, hopefully, last Champions League game where we're playing as a team that's going through or that's competing to go through.
5: I'm going to look at a couple of the performances before we go into the second half. There, um, Laura yourself, you know, Starfield's been thrown back in to the starting line up. He's not played much football this season. What bigger stage than to be thrown in uh, than the Burnabout? I think he's done okay in that first half. Yeah, I think he has
2: done okay in that first half, and certainly um, if if we didn't already know it. Um, the fact that he's been thrown in after so long out into a game of this magnitude, I know it doesn't really mean an awful lot, but it's still uh, a game against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. I think it proves that had he been fit, he would have been a first choice for, for Ange alongside Carter Vickers, regardless of what anybody thinks of his his shortcomings. He's certainly um he's certainly, um certainly high up in the priority list and the favourite list of Ange. So, um, and I think he's done well, considering he won't be much fit He'll he'll be, you know, a bit ring rusty after such a long period of time out. And as Kevin said, he's playing against, you know, some of the best players in the world. So um, no better way to test yourself. And hopefully this kick starts the rest of his season because it really has been an unfortunate time for him the past couple of months.
5: Yeah, it has been. I'll come to you in a wee second. Kevin, another player was going to ask about, there's a lot of comments coming in in relation to Aaron Moy. Do you think the first half has passed him by somewhat?
4: I, I do, yeah. I oh,
2: go, oh, Ken, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Laura. <can> you go. <laughs> no, no. I was, I was, I was going to say. I, I, from what I saw the last fifteen minutes or so, I didn't, I didn't particularly think he stood out as being particularly um lacking in contributions compared to anybody else in the team. But Kevin will have a better idea of his, his overall first half performance.
4: Aye, so sorry. Uh, yeah, for me, he's been... I've kind of tried to get players who I've thought has been pretty good, not so great and kind of fine as a performance in Moyes and not so great in the first half. I just kind of think it's passed him by. Mm. And potentially that's because he's got O'Reilly and Hatati next to him, who for me have been two of our better performers. And he just... For me, he's, he's just... He's not... I'm not sure if he's supposed to be an attacking-minded player in this team or a bit more defensive-minded. And... He's for me been caught kind of watching the play a little bit at times, which is I think almost understandable because some of the Madrid play has been of a different level. But as a player, you can't afford to do that, and he's been caught out and played in behind a few times. So, you know, I don't think he's a bad player. I just don't know that he's um, performed so much in this game at this level.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you think about the fact that McGregor would be in there. Cameron Carter-Vickers would be in there. Jota, don't know if we'll see him in the second half, but he would be in there if everybody ever had a full complement of players available to us. Let's go to the second half then. We'll see if we're going to get a scudding, as Kevin suggested, or if we're going to draw two each. Um, or, indeed, uh, Laura the 2-0 deficit remains as it is with the two penalties scored. Thanks everybody for getting involved. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel on YouTube and thank you to Laura and Kevin for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Nice one. Cheers, Paul. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Tonight I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey, Laura Bradburn. No matter what the score is, we do the post-match bulletins and to be honest with you, there hasn't been too many disappointing ones since Ange poster Coglu took over Laura but tonight um, you know we shared six goals with Real Madrid what can I say we'll start off with uh, Jota have you ever seen in all the years that you've watched football someone scoring not just a consolation goal but you're 5 nothing down when the goal meant as much as that did to Jota I mean I'm I'm, I'm going to take that with me I mean the look on his face I, th- I thought he was in tears what a strike
2: listen I, I think <clears throat> the thing, the thing about it, and we can be as cynical as we like, and we could sit here and quite rightly um, uh, take apart some of the performances that we saw tonight. But at the end of the day, some of those players will never play at a venue like that again. They'll never play. Some of them might never play in the Champions League again. You've got to understand, for a, a kid from Portugal, especially from that part of the world to score a free kick at the Bernabeu, regardless of the context of it. And let's not forget, the context of the majority of the goals was nothing to do with him because he was sitting on the bench for most of them. He's come on and had his moment and yes, it's a team sport, but I don't know how anybody can look at that as an individual moment and not say, you know, that's a moment I'll remember as a Celtic supporter, even even if the result is one that I want to forget.
5: Yeah, I mean... Let's start off with the goal then, uh, Kevin, because we'll start with a positive, right? Um, there's, there's comments obviously flying in and we'll try and get as many people involved in the chat as possible because, right, the, the reality of it is we've just been hammered. We've been scudded, to use a Kevin McCluskey term. We've been scudded 5-1, but we've been scudded by the finest team in Europe right, who at the beginning of the game we reminded everybody, if you needed reminded, that um, in the last 10 years they've won five European Cups, as I still like to call it. Um, And by the way, I've got to say, I I think 65 minutes in, Jerry McCulloch um, did mention (laughs) about uh, Real Madrid being the most successful team in the world, which I thought was an interesting wee comment. Nice dig, Jerry. Nice dig. 65 minutes in. Get it it in there. Um, But you've got to, Kevin, you've got to, like Laura was saying there, you've got Jota, right? And Jota's career, when you look at how it was progressing prior to him coming to Celtic, he was a prodigy, Um, they inserted a 70 euros clause in his contract, they thought he was going to be an absolute superstar, we pick him up first on loan, then we get him in permanently, and he scored a couple of goals in the Champions League, but that goal tonight, in the Bernabeu, regardless of the score, you know, that moment for him meant so much. But what's it going to do for the players' confidence? What's it going to do for him and his development? And because what I've been reading on social media there is how can getting beat 5-0, 5-1 develop a team? How can it improve a team? Well, just small moments like that. Surely, Jota is going to give him the belief. I, I thought Jota was very brave when he came on to use something you were talking about at halftime, Kevin. It was a very brave performance by him. And surely that that's going to improve him if he is still at Celtic. And I hope he is next season. On, on this kind of level, on this platform
4: Yeah, it was one of the things that we spoke about before the game was the the confidence boost that it could be for one of our players to score at the Bernabeu and it's something you can put in your CV you know, we spoke about it with Jack Amakis getting uh, his goal last week, he is now a Champions League goal scorer, might never score another goal in the Champions League again but he's done it once You can say it's happened Jota has scored a goal at the burnabout, and not just any goal. There was not a tap-in, there was not a sclap, it was a 25-yard free kick into the top corner mm. against one of the best keepers in the world, who'd made three or four pretty good big saves prior to that, and who Chris Sutton, 30 seconds beforehand, had said, there's no way he's getting beat tonight, or what's to that effect. And then Jota puts one in the top corner, He's a player that, for me, kind of flattered to deceive in a few of the previous Champions League games this season. But he came on tonight in the biggest game, or the biggest stage, rather, and he was brave, to use that word again. He was brave. One of the notes I've got of him was just every time he got the ball, he attacked his man. He was willing Mm -hmm. to try and take him on, looking to put the cross in the middle, Uh, come inside, have a shot, when he wins that free kick and it's him that wins it by a good bit of skill, he demands the ball and he knows exactly what he wants to do with it. And that takes a top player to do that, especially at a ground like the Bernabeu against Madrid when you're 5 nothing down, when you might just think, what's the point? Ah, to him, there was a point. The point was to get that goal. And it's massive for him. It kind of announces him again on this stage that it's someplace that he does belong
5: and he'll want to come back there with us next season I'm sure no one else with us well you you know this you you remember back to the time Laura where we were privileged enough to be in that press conference when Jota signed um, Mm. on loan and we were talking about various things that day he was reminiscing about his memories of Celtic uh, playing Benfica when he was a kid he was talking about his hero being Ronaldo Um, so you guess that throughout Ronaldo's career um, you know, Jota's watched him playing for Real Madrid. He's, he's maybe dreamt at playing at the at the Bernabeu and he's done that tonight, right? Um, and it's not like going back to the point Ange made on match day one in this campaign where he was asked the question about the experience of playing at the Bernabeu. He said, if I wanted to experience that, I could, you know, be a tourist and book a tour of the stadium. He wants to do something. He wants to make an impact. And Jota did that. He did that tonight. Now, I'm just uh, furiously checking if the final Portuguese squad's been announced yet because remember he was in the kind of long squad wasn't he he was in the the long list.
2: This this was something I was going to say is that there's an added significance there not just of everything you've said about what it'll mean to him as a a young guy from Portugal who's watched Ronaldo at, at Real Madrid all those years but there's a potential significance there that it might be the thing that gives him the edge over somebody else in getting into that final Portugal squad if he can say, look, I can give you a threat from set pieces. I mean, he'll probably get nowhere near them if Ronaldo's in the team, you know, but it's an option that's there. Um, and, and the thing that I would say as well is, is like I know people will be saying, I can't believe you get gubbed 5-1 and you're sitting talking about the one goal that you scored. But let's face it, any one of us, any one of us would take scoring that one goal against Real Madrid in a 5-1 loss if we were given the opportunity. I don't care what anybody says. Would I have rather it was the goal that won us the game? Absolutely. But am I going to take it away from him for having been come on when he couldn't do much to save the game, but did everything that he could and gave a moment of quality that we can at least go away with a little bit of a smile on our faces? That, to me, is the most important thing as far as, you know, I think if you look at it, I was talking to my to my dad when we were watching it and I know we've taken some hidings over the years, but for me apart from the Real Madrid team that we played in 2012, who we obviously beat, this for me is the best team I've ever seen Celtic play on the European stage. This is this is not just Champions League level. I mean they brought the Ballon d'Or winner off the bench. Like you can't you can't compete with that. And I, I get we need to improve in Europe. I get that we need to to do things better.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable
2: areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. But we're, I mean, the cards are stacked against us in a game like tonight and we have to just try and take the positives where we can. And I hate to use the phrase, but, you know, batten down the hatches and go again next season and see how far we can get.
5: We've spent the best part of 10 minutes, Kevin, talking about the main positive, which was obviously Jota's goal. We'll need to dig in about some of the things that went wrong. Of course we do. But Laura stated there that this is the best side she's seen Celtic facing in her Celtic supporting life. It's a special team. It's, it's full of absolute superstars, right? Um, we have taken some real, again, to use your uh, own expression, scuddings over the years, PSG Barcelona in the main. And we've been beating and beating well tonight 5-1. So what's... What, what's the difference tonight then, Kevin, from a 5-1 tonight against an Ange team and we spoke about the belief that we as Celtic fans have an Ange and the patience that we have and believing that, you know what, next season is going to work better because we've learned lessons this season. What's the difference between the Celtic side that went out and got beat tonight and those other sides who were beating um, against the likes of PSG and Barcelona? I think the difference is
4: the way that we've played to lose these games tonight, we came up against the best team in the world. Uh, what is it fourteen European Cups, three or four World Club Championships, countless other honours? You can go on and on. And we've 15, used the fifteen before... European
2: Cups between us, Kevin. Fifteen between us. <laughs>
4: Sorry, what was that, Laura? I'm, I'm saying fifteen.
2: Fifteen European Cups between uh, us. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, we'll get our one in there <laughs> for sure <laughs> bye so, so sorry we're coming up against this team that is like the, the best team in the world at the moment uh, and the phrase that we've used it in every game so far is that we've gone toe to toe with everyone and once again we tried to do that again tonight and we've gone to the Bernabeu we're getting beat 5-0 with 10 minutes to go and we've got an attack where we've got 5 players up front And you're thinking, one of these will turn into a goal for us. We'll get the reward that we need. And then we got it in the end. Before, if you go back to those games you've mentioned, that's kind of the Rogers era. And the word I've always used about him in his European play was he was a fantasist because he couldn't change the way that he wanted us to play. And we were far too open. And we went out and we were getting scudded by the big teams. And you just knew it was going to happen before every single game. I couldn't have come on to a podcast like this three, four, five years ago with Rodgers in charge and tried to be confident and put on a face that we were going to win it because I'd be lying. But now we're in a position with Ange Postacoglu in charge where you've got a man that you just know is learning with every game that he coaches in. Uh, and you can see it from game to game. And yeah, we've, we've been beaten well tonight, but at no point did it ever feel like an embarrassment. This is almost the best 5-1 defeat you've ever had because you can't actually walk off from that and go, do you know what? For the first hour, Rio Hattati was really good. Matt O'Reilly was really solid throughout the whole game, playing in still an unfamiliar position to him. Jota's come on and been fantastic in the final 10 minutes and scored the best goal of the game. There's so many positives, actually, if you want to look at it, that you can take away. We've had them in every single game. I think that's what it is. It's just that you've actually got belief that we're not going to be on the end of of a scudden every time we walk in the park. We've actually got a chance. And if we took our chances in the other games, that's a completely different group. We've made improvements. There's final pieces of the jigsaw that still need to be bought and placed in there. But you've actually got a belief now for the first time in a long time that we're going to make those right moves.
5: You know three of the points uh, Kevin raised there are the three main positives that we will focus on Laura because you've got to um, before we start picking away at some of the negatives Um, the performances of Jota O'Reilly and Hatati we need to focus on all three of those performances because I, I do agree with that that was the three main points that I would focus on and highlight after a game like tonight but throwing that same point to yourself Laura, in relation to some of the points I was uh, seeing coming through from pundits, uh, broadcasters, etc., on social media, for example, watching the game, keeping an eye on uh, some comments coming in, was that you know when you're four or five nothing down, that's when you do change your approach. That's when your philosophy has to change because you're going to be on the end of a six or a seven or an eight nothing embarrassing result. We didn't do that. So who's right and who's wrong here? Because Ange Ang is steadfast in his belief that. We don't change. Um, there doesn't seem to be the same naivety as we had with Brendan Rodgers, where we were so open that you know teams could pick us apart, and you know we went into uh, these these games and you, you didn't think for a moment that you were going to uh, compete with the teams, never mind for a ninety-minute period, but but for any kind of part of the game. So, what what's different for you, Laura, in relation to this is Ange. Um, right to stick to his principles every now and again we're going to see a, a night like tonight it's not going to happen very often domestically if at all, We're, we're a team that absolutely destroys us it will be worth it in the long run is what Ange is preaching are you still believing that?
2: I think, I think where <clears throat> where I hope it has an effect is in situations like the Shakhtar games teams who to all intents and purposes, are a little bit maybe ahead of our level because of things like what Anne just said, as, as they've been in the Champions League more regularly than us, but aren't, save a Madrid or something like that, a much better team than us. They're the teams that I would want us to catch, the kind of uh, lower-level but still Champions League-level teams. Um if the approach that we have gets his results against those teams, then it will reap its own rewards because we'll get back into the Champions League regularly, and that will help us bolster our bank balance. And you know, all the fruits that come from that will be will be um, self evident. Basically, it still means that we're going to be open to situations like this against a Bayern Munich or a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. But as I've seen some people saying in the comments. I would rather, in a lot of ways, see us go and take the game to Real Madrid, even if it means we get beat 5-1, than go there and camp in and have a... Mobile phone companies
0: say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox
2: that's the positive of what I'm just trying to do I've I've we might have had only two points out of these six games but I can't honestly say I haven't enjoyed watching any of the games like all the games apart from the fact you're obviously losing them have been enjoyable whereas I think as Kevin was saying and as you were saying with Brendan Rodgers era and even further back than that sometimes you were going into games and getting a scudding but you weren't even proud of the way that the team were taking it they were battening down the hatches and still getting pulled to bits where at least this time you can say, well we took our chances and then we get picked apart because of it, which that's the way I'd rather see Celtic playing Will it will it come to fruition next season or the season after that we have success from it? Remains to be seen I still think there's a, a big case that the, the ability we're able to invest in comparison to these other teams is still going to have a massive impact, but for certain, this has been a much more enjoyable ride than any I've had in the Champions League for years and years.
5: This is the thing, Kevin. So in order to progress out of that group, you don't necessarily have to beat a team like Real Madrid. And I think that if you learn your lessons at this level, then when you come up against, I think last season we spoke about the the team uh, where, I'm not saying we expected to win, in the Europa League, albeit a lesser tournament, was Ferenc Varos. And I think this time round, the biggest disappointment on reflection will be the two games against Shakhtar where we got a couple of points. You think we should at least got a four, maybe even six points from those two games. So it's about learning the lessons, not so that we can beat Real Madrid because there are certain levels and certain gaps that you just can't um, compete with. And, and Real Madrid is probably one of these um, elite clubs that is going to be difficult for anyone other than fellow elite clubs to compete with, so we get all that, we're not unrealistic but it's about being able to um, know the competition, bring in the standard of player and approach the games in a certain way whereby we can Turn those draws against Schachter into wins. We can not just compete with uh, Leipzig for 65 or 75 minutes, but for 90 minutes and maybe get the result that we we're looking for. If if we look at over over the last um, the last six games in the Champions League, Kevin, I'm going to run through the areas of the park and you know maybe look at uh, overall. Who do you think is going to approach the next challenge like this? With more confidence and less anxiety because they've they've actually, you know, they've performed well at this level. And who do you think still needs to get through that barrier, be it mental or or otherwise? So, if you're looking at the defence, um, I think the one player that got a lot of uh, criticism for being a good domestic player but not necessarily in Europe was Greg Taylor. Are you confident that following the the six games we've just played? he'll go into the next, the next campaign of this type and this kind of standard where we've got more confidence and he, he won't have any of these anxieties that Ange and Matt O'Reilly have spoken about.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think Taylor's proven again. as is, And it sounds strange, I think, considering the amount of goals that we've conceded in the end of it. I think the whole defence has almost proven that it's good enough to play at this level if they're given the time and that bit more exposure to it. This was Taylor's first real experience at, at this level uh, and he was probably was a bit anxious, nervous to begin with at the start of it, but he's grown into the tournament just like he's grown into the way Ange wants him to play. i got no real issues with him <laughs> staying at left-back. I've been a fan of Taylor for the last, well, going back at least the last 18 months or so, kind of praising him up, building him up in the system that Ange plays. I think he's our best left-back, and I think he deserves to play at this level. I think next season, if he's back here, you'll get another kind real steady campaign
5: out of them. What about on the flip side then? Is there anybody in that defence that you think um, has got a bit to go, Kevin? I mean, I thought um, Jens, for example, I think Jens has performed pretty well. I think he's done enough that if we have the option to buy him permanently, it's something we should really invest in. Um, and I think that uh, obviously, Cat Vickers is another one, maybe no surprise I think he's performed well when he's been given the opportunity to do so but is there a defender in there or or perhaps even Joe Hart that you think that you know come next season if if we do want to progress we need to strengthen in that area
4: that's the key it's the strengthening part because I've looked at all the games and Joe Hart's of these howlers we know that against Leipzig but he's made some really good saves as well some really big saves in games if we've got the chance to go and sign a goalkeeper that's an upgrade on Joe Hartlow, that's younger, but bit more athletic, can I, and can play the ball out from the back a bit more, you take it and you upgrade on him. It's the same at centre-back. Uh, I cannot remember the, the lad's name, but the Japanese player that we're looking at as well that's potentially coming in, he could be an upgrade on someone that we've got at the moment. And it's not to say that anybody's performed particularly poorly, because I don't think anyone has. And I don't think, I think that the the mistakes, the key mistakes, have kind of been few and far between. The times have just been beaten by better teams rather than those poor defensive errors that it used to cost us every time. So I don't know so much if anyone's underperformed, but I would like to see us go out and sign what I would class as a proper European level centre back, hmm. someone that will go and command the defence. And does it well but he's experienced still at this level. So if you could bring someone in that's a, possibly an upgrade in Carter Vickers or similar level, but got two, three, four years of experience of playing at that level behind him, he becomes a better player. And that's that's where we need to go to. Every signing we make needs to be someone that can improve the first team. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the boy in the jersey just now is underperformed.
5: It just means there's someone better out there. And the chances are there are. And We, we just need to try and find them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what about yourself, then, Laura? If we're, if we're looking back over the the six games um, and asking the question about who has come out of this probably with a a, a kind of steel of invincibility, thinking, right, I've performed at this level and, and I'm pretty confident with my performances. And who, on the flip side, do you think might be a player that we need to improve on if we if we do want to make the progress that I'm just spoken about? I think,
2: <clears throat> I think for the most part. I think there are some players you can say are what I would term stopgap players. Joe Hart, at the age that he's at, for all that he has done for the club, and I have been a big proponent of his. We needed a safe pair of hands in between the sticks after the the debacle that was Barkas et cetera uh, before that. So he's done more than enough, but he's certainly a stopgap. We need a we need a more long term solution and goal going forward. Um, I think Aaron Moy is similar. He's probably come in because the manager knows him well and uh, he can help get the system across to to some of the players who maybe were still struggling a bit with it. Um, But it's clear from tonight and from other situations that he's nowhere near uh, Champions League quality. Not to say that he's a bad player, but he's certainly not at the level that we need. Um, Greg Taylor... For all the plaudits he's had, and I have been one of them eh, giving him those plaudits, I still believe that he's probably a better player than I thought he was, but top end of Europa League for me, not really Champions League. So maybe we need to upgrade in that area. Um, and I would probably say, to be honest, like there's other ones that are not quite at the level that they should be at, but I think could get there. So like Yuro Riley, Hatati, Jota. That level where you can see the potential there, if they can just iron out the the naiveties and the ins- inconsistencies in their game, there are some who've disappointed me though. Like Kyogo, I expected more from at this level, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know if it's a nervousness thing with him. I don't know if it's a physicality thing because he is small. Even though I hate to use that as a criticism, we all saw what happened to me when I did that against Livingston and he scored in nine minutes, like physicality is only as good as the people that can get near you but I have been a little bit disappointed by him at this level Um, and I think possibly looking for another more clinical striker, I think Yakimakis for me actually is more has, has done more good for his reputation in the Champions League than Kyogo has and if we could get somebody else of that ilk who can take chances in that way that he did against Shakhtar, then then we might stand a better chance. But having said that, I wouldn't say any of the, the squad in total have been atrocious or anywhere near it. There's just certain levels of player where I think, yeah, you're fine for now, but we're definitely going to need to improve on you in the next season or so.
5: I think that's a fair comment. I think also, you know, UK UK I think, or Yuki is uh, our new sign-in. Uh, incidentally Kevin Um, so I think that when we're looking at at the Japanese market if there are still players in there like you know for the the, the value for money that we got for uh, Hatati, for example and Maeda across the board um, then yeah certainly bring them to the club I mean we know how much O'Reilly cost he was a, a massive investment and he's proved to be worth every single penny and more however you bring in You know, Carter, Vickers, and Jota, and I think you are moving into a completely different level of player. And I think Jota showed that tonight. So, in terms of the recruitment, are we willing? Um, to to move into the realms of bringing in three or four of those players at that price with the increase in wages. And that's where it gets interesting, because that's where the club and the manager has to have the same ambition. Because if you think about Moy being a stopgap, I think you're right, Laura, he, he definitely has been a stopgap. Right, so if we want to buy someone of the quality of Jota or Carter Vickers, but in Moy's position, all right, that's going to cost you another six or seven million quid. And then it's a case of okay, are the board going to you know share that ambition that maybe Ange has? is that the reason why we brought Moy in because there's no way we can buy more than two of that type of player in one transfer window, probably. So the you know I think Anj is going to be patient and we're going to be patient with him. Um, he still has plenty of credit in the bank. We're saying that after a five-one uh, defeat against Real Madrid, Bohid Bob. Um, I'm still trying to figure out who the avatar is uh, that superhero looks like a chimp superhero anybody out there tell me who that is who knows No idea. <laughs> I hope the fans do not smash the team too much well we're not doing that tonight uh, the foundations are there let's get back in again next year and the year after um, and see where we are well you're right. I mean, I think um, was it Bruges has been getting used as an example of a team that went in, and mm-hmm. you were talking about that's, them that's the week. one I used
4: last week. Yeah.
5: Yep, and and it's taken them a, a while to acclimatise. I mean, I know it's a different kind of level, different tournament, but you even need to look at Scotland being out of the any kind of tournament for a generation. But once you break that kind of duck, and once you start uh, getting to the the levels that you need to get at, just to compete never mind to, to do any anything in terms of beating the big guns, then it is something you can build on. And I think Celtic can build on what we've achieved this season. I mean, listen, if you are sitting here at the end of the season and we've won a treble, right, you look back on this campaign slightly differently, don't you? You don't look back on it and say, you know what, we're, we're, we're strolling the domestic game, but we're garbage in Europe. You, you look at it completely differently. You look at this season being an improvement on last season because we won the double last year, we were in the Europa and the Conference League last year. This year, okay, we had a run in the Champions League and there's been some disappointments. Uh, Jota, our new free kick and penalty taker, Starfelt and Kara Vickers are our number one centre-back. Pairing for me, 100%, says Nihilist uh, Jack, when both fit. And a new goalkeeper as well. By the way, I don't think we were Giving Joe Hart a particularly hard time, but if we're looking for areas of the park and saying, you know, you see how their goalkeeper, are, you know, performed tonight, I'm not saying we can buy a goalie like that, but if you can, if you can bring someone to the club who ups the levels, uh, and bleed them in for next season, then obviously our performances will improve. You mentioned um, Hatati and O'Reilly, and I think we, we've agreed on that already, Kevin. Is it a concern though? Mm-hmm. That of the players we've spoken about, albeit, Laurie, you've given Yakimakis some credit, is it a concern none of these players are out-and-out strikers for us, th- those that have really stepped up to the mark in Europe?
2: Um, I think I think the only reason Yakimakis isn't considered an out-and-out striker for us is just because he doesn't get as much playing time as, as he maybe should. I think he's about as out-and-out a, a striker as you could hope for. Like, he... He comes on and he runs at defences and he's always looking for a goal over and above everything else, he's less interested in setting other people up than, than doing that so I think he's fine I think he could level that criticism more at an Abada or something like that but but then I, this is where me and Jim or Buttheads on a Friday I think we have different ideas of, of what Abada is, I do see him as a as a wide player who who sometimes likes to cut inside whereas i think jim's opinion is he would be more useful through the central and he really isn't a wide player so it's, it's to use a, an old super scoreboard phrase it's all about opinions um uh, but i know it's it it's just difficult i think i think what you what you end up on a night like tonight doing is you end up sort of chastising yourself because you think it's not the player's fault that I got myself excited about the fact we we're playing Real Madrid and thought, oh, maybe we can win. Like their ability is their ability, regardless of how much I want them to win. And I think that's the the kind of thing I'm coming away from tonight with is I'm more than willing to hype Celtic up to to the nth degree and like and follow them wherever and and be their biggest hype man if you want to put it that way but at the end of the day like coming down off that high and coming down off the realism of it you've got to admit that if, certainly against leipzig and certainly against real madrid we played two teams who are just still levels away from us and it's just about trying to be patient and hoping that some of those players that we've got i said that i said that during the week you know, instead of selling them before they reach their potential, maybe we can keep them until they reach their potential. Yeah. Maybe we can keep Ange for a few more years than he would he would have otherwise um, wanted to do and see how far we can take it when they're all firing on all cylinders because I think that's our biggest issue. We're just not able to hold on to the best players we have for long enough to see what they can do at the truly top level.
5: I agree with that. I've said it, I've said it a few times. You know, Often we've got two or three of the right ingredients um, but you know, three or four years later they're gone and then we bring in another two or three of the ingredients that you know could really make a difference. I, I think if had we approached tonight's game, Kevin, and we weren't as brave and we didn't stick to the principles that Ange is implementing at, at Celtic, we wouldn't have seen a badder running at the defender and and winning a penalty we wouldn't have seen Jota scoring that goal because he was brave to win the free kick which he then converted we wouldn't have seen these moments so those two players um, that we've spoke about tonight they wouldn't have improved as a result of going out there, playing it safe, trying to, to shut down the opponents. Um, and I'm not saying we went toe-to-toe as such, because that's naive and they will beat you 7-0 or, or something as embarrassing as that. But what we did do is we were brave. And I think from that, the positives you'll take from that um, are that Matt O'Reilly will be coming off that pack thinking, I can play this level, whereas a year ago, he was playing in the third tier English football. You'll have a tatty who, prior to coming to Celtic, had played something like 80 senior games of football. Um, Who, like you say, for the first 60 minutes there, didn't look out of place. You've got Jota who's got his goal at the Bernabeu, you've got Abada who's won a penalty. So these brave performances, you've come away with four or five performers who will improve and their mentality will improve and their belief will improve the, the anxieties that they might have suffered going into this tournament. Will will diminish and will no longer exist in some cases, Kev. So, I think we're we're in, in a position as Celtic fans where, yeah, we're given Ange time. We've got a bond. We've got a relationship with him. I'm looking forward to to hearing his post match. Um, I'm going to bring in a few comments before we wrap up for tonight. Eddie Trainer, time to get a grip, Ange. Wrong team selection. Wrong tactics. You ask yourself though, who do you play if you're unhappy with Moy? Who do you mm-hmm. play? You know, if you're unhappy with Starfield, Mm -hmm. who goes in there? You know, do you play Tigris instead of Hart? I don't think so. Um, And as I said there, we come away from that game tonight. And there are enough positives. We've just mentioned a few of them. There's going to be players in that dressing room. They'll all be gutted at beating beating 5-1. But Jot will be delighted with his goal. Abadda will be delighted with his contribution. You know, even a few of the others, Hatati O'Reilly, they've got to be, you know, happy and satisfied with their performances, Kevin.
4: Exactly. You know, for me, Laura had it in the head earlier on when she's saying about how we played the game. And you think, if you're going to lose the game 5-1, would you rather you sat back, tried to park the bus, and were on the defensive for the whole game and still lost the game, or would you rather that you went out and had a go? And that's what we did tonight. We went out, we've had a go, we've tried to play our game. There's a few key words that get mentioned and they need to be repeated often enough because they're true. We need to have patience with Ange, that the development will, uh, will continue to come and we'll use Club Bruges. as the example of a team that took a few seasons to get used to playing at the Champions League and now look at them. They they belong there. Uh, God, I forgot what else I was going to say in on that one now. But, uh, you know, but there's, there's just a lot, there's actually a lot of positives that come from this. Mentality was the other one, sorry. The mentality that we have tonight now, it's not we're a, we're a small Scottish team that should come here and, and take our hiding and go home and be happy with it. It's no, we're, we're a side that wants to prove that we deserve to be at this level and we're going to try and play like a team that plays at this level. We're not that team yet and maybe next season we won't be that team either but maybe next season we'll finish third and we'll get dropped in into the Europa League and we'll get our European football after Christmas and then the next again season. We've just got to keep on believing and that's basically what it comes down to, you believe you trust the process, you have the positive mentality that what you're doing is right and you just keep on building season to season um, and it will come It will yeah. come. the fact that we've, the fact that we, we've had the, the, the braveness to go out there in the burn about play the way we did and take the result but still come away with it thinking do you know what, it wasn't all doom and gloom, there, there are positives to take from it, That's that's an improvement
5: Hi. The,
2: the other thing I was going to say, Paul, was um, I've been on the show. I started in October 2020 coming on the show. And we all know the midst of the absolute mess we were in at that time and coming on here and spouting off about the fact that we couldn't beat a J- Jim Goodwin, uh, St side, and all of that kind of stuff and thinking to myself forget the Champions League. I don't know when we'll even see a team win a league again. Like that was that was the point I had got to. If Neil Lennon was going to stay in charge. Here we are two years later, a little bit disappointed that we didn't take something off Real Madrid. That is that is the the difference in expectation, the difference in level in mm-hmm. only a couple of years. Yeah. And and the thing is as well is that's the difference when you've got a manager who is obviously backed by the board, who obviously controls the strings as far as who the recruitment is about, who's obviously number one at the club in terms of who everything needs to run by. I think if you give Ange another two years, if he hopefully stays, I mean, the trajectory's been like that already. Who, Who knows where it could go in the next two years? And we could be sitting here in two years' time saying... You know, that, that year that we were in the, the group stages with, with Real Madrid was the first time we saw a glimpse of what was possible and here it's possible now. So I mean I don't I don't mean to get everybody's hopes up again, but like who knows, two years time we could be we could be even further forward if we can hold on to the quality that we've got.
5: It's about continuous improvement. You're right. Um and I think that, you know, there's a job that has started. And I don't think he's anywhere near finishing it yet. We're 18 months into that job. Interesting that you've been two years yourself, Uh, Laura. Quite a few highs and lows in that two years for sure. And one of the highs tonight was Jota's goal. What about his reaction to that? He was very emotional. It was great to see. Um, It gave the Celtic fans who travelled over to Spain uh, a wee bit of enjoyment at the end of the game as well. Craig M scored a better at the Burnabout, Take a bow. Jota. Um, Belter of a goal goal, says Stevie Boy. Great solo effort. Fans were superb. Let's leave it at that. The fans were superb. Every single travelling Celtic fan who have gone over there and represented Celtic uh, over the last couple of days, JP's over there. I hope he enjoyed the game as well. He won't be joining me on the bulletin tomorrow as a result of that. Um, But yeah, all about the goal, all about the positives, and we, we move on to our next domestic game. i got to thank everybody for getting involved. We're only five followers, or subscribers rather, away from hitting the, uh, where are we, 19.8 thousand on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't hit that subscribe button for any reason, just hit it now. Uh, we've got lots of big stuff coming up, um, particularly the Charity Weekender, which will be... Um, used to promote the release of our charity single. Yes, we are um, assaulting the UK charts, hopefully, this Christmas with a song called The Glory and the Dream. Um, so get subscribing so you can see the video and all that once it's launched. It's sounding absolutely fantastic, isn't it, Laura? That was absolutely. a leading question. That was a leading question, wasn't
2: it? Uh, well, no, it was, it was great. Uh, listen, if you think Bob the Builder versus Westlife was a big battle for the Christmas number one, you're about to. You're about to see something special, folks, I can tell you that.
5: Absolutely, yes, and we will be <laughs> re- releasing it and revealing the artwork, the video and the song in the next six weeks or so. Uh, so thank you every ever so much for getting involved in the in the chat. Uh, don't be too disheartened. Um, we are a- in a process here that uh, we do believe in, Ange, and hopefully we can continue to improve. All that's left for me to say, Kevin McCluskey, Laura Bradburn, thank you again for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Paul.